Amen. Praise God. Turn around somebody, slap my high five, and say, my God is alive. Hallelujah. You have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 through 20. Amen. I feel the Lord here in such a wonderful way. And thank God for what he is doing and uh, what he's about to do and what he's already done. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha died and they buried him and the bands of Moabite invaded the land at the coming in of the year. I want to talk to you tonight on this thought. Don't leave your arrows in the bag. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm not going to leave my arrows in my bag. God bless you, you may be seated. Elisha is on his deathbed. This great prophet that received a double anointing from Elijah many years ago is now very feeble in his body and the scripture states he is sick unto death. And he's laying there just waiting for death to take him. And so Joash, the king of Israel, realizes what is taking place and he realizes that this great man of God is dying and there is no successor. There is nobody there that will pick up, Brother Rudy, the mantle of the anointing that Elijah had carried. There is no one that can assume this sacred role that he had. Nobody there to carry the spiritual uh, weight of the nation. Nobody there to carry on the spiritual covering. Nobody there to give the spiritual guidance. And the Bible says the king of Israel begins to weep. And we read it. He begins to cry out, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel. This king understood the power of the man of God. He understood the importance of, 
of the man of God in his life. And this man, this prophet, Elisha, is on his deathbed. And Joash understands the magnitude of what was transpiring because his man of God, his pastor, his spiritual watchman, his covering was dying. And there was nobody around that could assume his priestly role. Can I stop right there for just a moment and just say this? Thank God for a preacher. Thank God for a man of God in your life. Thank God for a pastor. And not just any pastor, but a pastor according to God's heart. I don't say that in any way, shape, or fashion to build me up, but I say it for you that you are blessed to have a preacher in your life. You are blessed to have a preacher that loves you and believes in you, for it is your covering, it is your protection, it is your safety net. The Bible states it, it is your gift from God. You need a pastor in your life. And let me just state, and I need a pastor in my life. And I thank God for my pastor. He is my spiritual covering. He has tremendous wisdom and love for the kingdom of God. And I need my pastor. And you need your pastor because it helps us navigate us through life's journey because we can't do it by ourselves. We can't just survive. We can't do it alone. Thank God for your jobs. Thank God for your homes. Thank God for your cars and your careers that you have worked so hard in obtaining. But thank God uh, for the man of God that God has placed in each and every one of our lives because we all need a man of God in our lives. As they are worthless, our jobs, our 401k, in light of eternity, if we don't have a preacher in our lives. Because there'd be no protection, there'll be no covering, there'll be no spiritual power. Somebody needs a shout, I need a preacher in my life. I need a pastor in my life. And so we read this, and, and Joash cries out to Elisha, understanding that his man of God is dying. He cries, oh my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. These are the exact words that the old prophet exclaimed many years before he saw his predecessor, Elijah, sin to heaven in a whirlwind. And Joash knew that when Elisha showed up, God showed up. Verse 15 says, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hands. What an incredible thing that transpired. That Elisha had put his hands upon the king's hands. 
because there was a transferring, a, a blessing and anointing. I, I'm not sure if Joash understood really what was transpiring or not, but this prophet was trying his very best to teach him one more thing. Teach him one last thing before he leaves eternity. And so the preacher's hand is guiding and directing his shot. Verse 17 says, and he said, open the windows eastward. And he opened it. And then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. Joash did what the man of God requested. And the man of God gave him a prophetic word. That was not just a shot that had no meaning. He had to shoot that arrow eastward. And that's the exact same direction that his adversary was. Eastward was the exact direction in which Syria was located. It was Israel's main enemy at that time. And when he let go of the arrow, that arrow went into the direction of where the enemy was camped. And Elisha said this, that the arrow you shot was for deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek until they are consumed. That arrow had a prophetic meaning attached to it. That arrow was going to bring deliverance to Israel. That arrow was going to take out the enemy. That arrow was a symbol of victories to come. Some say, what's the big deal? Why do we have to live this way? Why do we have to dress this way? Why do we have to act this way? Why can't we do this and why can't we do that? Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else says it's no big deal. Everybody else says it's a, not a heaven or hell issue. Can I just tell somebody tonight, we better be careful to the voices we allow that we listen to. We better be careful with the associations that we keep. We better trust the man of God in our lives. We may not understand it. We may not agree with it. it. It may hurt. It may not feel good. But if we'll hearken to the voice of the Lord, it will save our families. If we'll get behind the man of God, it will save your marriage. If you'll listen to the man of God, it'll save your home. If you obey the preacher's voice, it may just save your children. But I don't like how he talks to me. I don't like when he calls me in the office. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. It causes me pain. And I don't like to feel pain. Who is he to tell me that he needs to see me in his office? I don't want to go in his office. Everybody else says, it's my way. But it's going to be the highway. I've got
got to make sure and understand that if the preacher or the man of God tells me something my flesh does not like, he does that not because he doesn't like me. He does that not because he doesn't believe in me, but he does that to help me. The Bible said, he who he loves, he instructs. He who he loves, he rebukes, he corrects. I've come to the opinion that I've got to make sure that my spirit will jump up on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and say, preach to me, pastor. Teach me the word of God. Show me the ways that I should take. I want to be saved. I want God to bless my family. I want God to bless my home. I want God to bless my finances. Whatever it is, pastor, preacher, preach me the word of God. We need a preacher in our life you got people in your life that you rub shoulders with. That's why the Bible says the carnal mind cannot discern the things of the spirit. And yet you'll go tell a carnal person what pastor told you or the preacher told you. And that carnal voice will speak up. You don't have to do that. You don't have to listen to that. You don't have to be faithful. We go to church on Christmas. We go to church on Easter. You don't have to go Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night Bible study and show up on a Monday night prayer. Don't you know football is Monday night. And I can't miss my football game. It's my team. Some of us laugh and smile. But we've got a lot of people. And I'm just not talking about our church. But churches across uh, America that miss the house of God because their team is playing. I've never heard their team call them for, for prayer. I've never heard their team provide for them or help them with their mortgage or help them with their children. But I've got a God that said, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open. I've got a God that can do far more than a football team or a basketball team can do and I'm not here to preach against football and preach against basketball but I want to preach about priorities the number one priority in your life is not a football team but it's got to be the kingdom of God and we better be careful with the voices that we allow to get into here because when it gets in here, it messes up this and you start to make an exception. Well, I can miss Sunday morning. I can miss a Wednesday night. I can miss a Monday night prayer. I mean, 
come on. I can pray at home. I can pray before I eat. Yeah, right. We need more of God. We need more of church. As we see the days approaching, as we understand that God is coming back soon, there is a charge, there is a challenge that says forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as such the manner of men is. Can I tell you I love you? I really want you to like me, but I don't come here for you. Please don't get pastor wrong, but I'm glad you're here. But I didn't show up for you. I showed up for him because I need him in my home. I need him in my family. I need God into the equation of my life. You stay home if you want to. You watch that football game if you want to. I just want to sing the songs of Zion. I just want to get into the presence of God. I want to touch him. I want to be like Jacob when Jacob said, I will not leave you until you bless me. We've got too many people that pray until they feel the goosebumps and they leave. This has got to be more than a feeling. We've got to fall in love with this. We've got to do it not out of obligation, but we've got to do it out of love. And if you fall in love with him, you forget about time. You forget about what you're doing next week. You forget about all the agendas and all the planets that you've got scheduled. When you fall in love with God, you're just saying, God, I just want to connect with you. So the man of God, get the picture. The man of God is on his deathbed. He said, take the arrows. And he took them. He said, and the king of Israel smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. Three times. He shot the arrow. And the preacher said there was a purpose for that. He said, you're going to take out the enemy. Right? Shoot it eastward. And now the prophet, the man of God, he said, now take the arrows and smite the ground. If I knew that that one arrow was going to take out my enemy, what do you think I would have done with the rest of the arrows? If you look it up, an average quiver of arrows holds approximately six to eight arrows. And that word smite the ground does not mean hit the ground. I mean, some of you want to smite your brother. I ain't talking about that kind of smite. But you look up that word, it does not mean hit the ground. It means shoot the ground. And the king of Israel after hearing a prophetic word, I'm going to defeat Syria. Now the preacher says, smite the ground. Now I understand. Elisha did not say how many times. 
Many times I call a prayer meeting. I'm not telling you how long to pray. Many times we give an offering. I'm not telling you how much to give. When I tell you to worship, I'm really not telling you how to worship. Did we have this conversation before, Patrick? Yes. I pray differently than you pray. Yes. You may pray quieter than I may pray louder. And I always pray, God, help me not be crazy. crazy. Let, let me not just raise my voice all the time. Thank you, Brother Patrick. I love you. But I told him, just because I'm louder in my prayer and he's quieter in his prayer does not mean my prayer is more powerful. What I'm saying is, you're not commanded to worship God the way I am. You're not commanded to praise God the way I do. But what I am telling you, you've got to live for God, not for anybody else. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to live for God for me. I'm going to live for God for him. I'm going to worship him the way I want to. You may not like the way I worship God. You may not like the way I praise God. But I'm not praising him for you. I'm praising him for him and what he's done. That's why you took off running a little while ago, Brother Patrick, because God did something for you. And that's what God wants from everybody here tonight is to worship him in spirit and in truth. He who has been forgiven much loves much. And it could be the reason why your praise has been dormant for a long time because you forgot what it was like to be lost. You forgot what it was like before God found you. And we get comfortable in church. And we only worship God when the drummer's da-da-da-da-da-da and the bass player's thumping. I don't see a lot of guys or ladies running and jumping on Amazing Grace. I see a lot of people crying on Amazing Grace. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we only worship God on the beat of the music, we have missed something. There's sometimes I come into this building and the lights are off. Nobody else is in here, just me and him. And I feel the presence of God. And I begin to lift up my hands. And I begin to lift up my voice. And I begin to give him worship. Not because people are up here and you're in the pew. No, because he's in here. And because I love him. And I want God to know that all I have, I give it to him. And this king was never given a clear mandate on how many arrows to shoot. Here he shot one arrow eastward. And now the preacher says, smite the ground. Takes out the arrow. One. Takes out another arrow. Takes out another arrow. He didn't feel goosebumps. He didn't feel God move on him. 
He just saw it three times. And the preacher gets mad. Isn't that what the Bible says? The man of God becomes wroth. He becomes mad. Verse 19. He said, thou shouldest have smitten it again. The quiver has six to eight arrows in the quiver. He said, you should have smitten it five or six times. But because you only did it thrice, you're only going to defeat the enemy three times. And I'm of the opinion the reason why the preacher got mad. On his deathbed, you made the preacher mad. I hope not. I'm not an angry man. But this preacher, Brother Frank, got mad because he knew the king did it only because he asked him to do it. He did it out of obligation. He did it out of duty. He did it with a nonchalant, go through the motions, Pentecostal calisthenics. And I'm not preaching against any of that. But the Bible talks about that he doesn't like us to be bound by the traditions of men. And we want to blame and point fingers at the Catholics and all these other traditional churchgoers. But many times we fall in the same trap. We only get excited when the preacher raises his voice and and when everybody else is running and shouting. And we're doing it because... We know we to do it. And even giving an offering and bringing our tithe, many times we only do that. So people wouldn't think we're Scrooges. So people wouldn't think that, hey, we're not giving. And then we just come. And if we're not careful, we do what the king does and just nonchalantly take it out. When you give your tithe, I'm not preaching about money, but you listen to pastor. When you put down tithe, you take that arrow out of the quiver and you claim it as a tithe and if it's not 10%, it is not tithe and God can't bless. You say, well, why is pastor always talking about money? Could it be that I have tapped into your carnal side? Could it be that somehow, somewhere, down there in the recesses of your spirit is locked up that idea that you got it by your own merits and by your own talents? And it was all because of you. Could it be that that king got lifted up? He loved his man of God. He loved his preacher. But could it be this man senile? This man don't know what he's talking about. I'm just going to appease him. I'm going to take three arrows out. And I'm going to appease him. I don't know what this means to you. But I know what this means to me. I know what God did in my life. I know what God does on a continual basis. You may deserve to be here. But I don't deserve to be here. 
I've got a past that does not make sense. I've made wrong choices and bad decisions, but there was a God that did not beat me over the head with a big old sledgehammer, but there was a God that loved me and gave me mercy and gave me grace. I know what this means to me, Brother Bania, and I'm a blessed man to come into the house of God and feel his presence and understand his mercy. And woe unto me if I come in here and I do it half-heartedly and I do it out of obligation and duty. I'm going to take those arrows out and I'm going to shoot one for my family. I'll shoot one for my kids. I'm going to shoot one for our youth group and our hyphen group and our singles and our marrieds and our Spanish department. I'm telling you, uh, we've got to take arrows out of our quiver. We've got to take arrows out of our bags and we've got to fire them out. Would you lift up your voice in this house tonight? Come on. Come on. We've come too far to quit. We've come too far to stop. We've come too far to just stay and be happy with three little songs and a pretty message. We've got to hear the voice of God again. I'm the only one praying in the wee hours of the night. God, let me get that arrow and let me shoot it into the ground. Let me plead the blood over my home. Let me plead the blood over my family. Let me plead the blood over my business. Let me plead the blood over my relationships. Let me plead the blood over my kids and my coworkers and my classmates and my neighbors and my friends. Let me get those arrows out. Come on, we can't afford to patty cake for Jesus. We can't afford to go through the motions. We need a divine intervention. And the only way it happens is for somebody to make up their mind. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do what's right. As the man of God was wroth. The man of God was angry. And the reason why he was angry because he invested a lot into that man. He prayed a lot for that man. Now he knows there's nobody else that's going to be my successor. Nobody else going to be the spiritual protector for you. And I know when I die, it's going to fall on your shoulders. 
and the only prayers you're praying now is because of me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for dad when dad tells you to pray and live right. But there's coming a time when dad's not going to be around. There's coming a time when you're the only one. It's you that you've got to make up your mind. You've got to get it into your spirit. I'm living for God, not for anybody else, but I'm living for God for him. reason why the man of God was angry because he wanted the adversaries and the enemies gone from his life oh lift up your voice with me Oh, I wish tonight there would arise prayer warriors. I wish tonight there would arise intercessors that would begin to stand in the gap and say, God, I'm praying for my city. I'm praying for Visalia. I'm praying for Teleria. I'm praying for the surrounding cities. I'm taking the arrows out of the quiver. I'm taking the arrows out of the bag. I'm not going to leave the arrows there. I'm going to fire them all. Come on, lift up your voice with me tonight. Don't leave your victory in the bag. Don't leave heaven's resources in the quiver. Come on, mom. Come on, dad. Fire those arrows. Smite the ground. Give me revival. Give me souls. Let me find ways to help those in her need. If it's just a Christmas tree and a gift to give to a kid, if it's hygiene, whatever it is, God, I'm firing the arrows. I'm not going to leave those in the bag. I'm breaking them out and I'm smiting the ground with it. Oh, lift up your voice. Come on. Come on. Come on, you got family that needs this. You've got loved ones that need this. You're the only Jesus they will ever see. Don't leave your arrows in the bag. Smite the ground. Oh, God, for the Holy Ghost in this house. Sharakaya tayaso. Come on, I don't need the music. I don't need the drums. I don't need the bass. I just need him. I just need to bask in the presence of God. I plead the blood, God. I plead the blood of this church. I plead the blood for revival. I plead the blood for these souls, God. Help us, God. Shake us, God. Let us open up our spiritual eyes. 
Come on. Come on, moms. Come on, dads. Come on, young person. Lift up your voice today. Don't leave your arrows in your bag. You said, Pastor, it's been a long time since I prayed. Forget about what you haven't done and start praying now. Smite the ground now. Shoot those arrows into the ground. I'm going to renew my prayer life. I'm going to renew my Bible reading. I'm going to renew my evangelism. Oh, come on. Come on. Quit waiting for signs and miracles. Signs and miracles follow them that believe. You don't have to follow them. It'll follow you. Just shoot the arrow. Just smite the ground. Come on, it could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be emotional. Whatever it is that's plaguing you, shoot those arrows. I will no longer let my flesh dictate my worship. Whether I feel good or I don't feel good, I will worship him. I was created as an instrument for him. I am the bow. He is the arrow. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel him here talking with us. I feel him here working on us. Don't live for God for your brother, your sister, your family member. Live for God because you desire Him. Oh, God. Sharakaya Torasa. Ikaraya Rayarako.
God is a body. Oh, God, we give it to Thee. We give it to Thee, God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Come on, don't leave arrows in your bag. Pick up that bow. Pull it back and let God direct those arrows. You may not know what to pray for, but the Spirit maketh intercession. When you get connected with the Spirit, the Spirit knows what to pray for. The Spirit knows. Every place you fight for, God says, I'll give it to you. Every place your soul shall tread upon God will give it to you. We just can't afford to leave arrows in our bag. You say, Pastor, I, I don't have any talent. I don't have any ability. In what way can I affect my city? Start a P7 group. Sixty-seven. Is that the record? 
67 showed up. People are hungry for this. Where's Brother Matt at? Matt's praying. You know what this cat was doing? A couple months ago, we had a Section 2 rally we were supposed to go to in Bakersfield. There's a big accident that happened. And Christian Life College came, they're going to sing for us. They're going to sing over there. But we couldn't go there because of an accident, so we just had church here. We had great church. Didn't have a lot of people because a lot of people were Bakersfield. We had enough. Don't despise the day of new beginnings. Don't discount God over a number. God did more with a select few than he always did for the majority. Majority may got healings, but it was the select few that got the gold nugget truce. But we had a rally here. We had a little service here. And after everybody was done praying, this guy and a few others went upstairs and began to pray. And Brother Ray, I believe they prayed over midnight. Praying. What were they doing? Taking the arrows out of their bag. Fighting it into the ground. You see, a doctor gave me no hope. Still Toro came to my office today and I said, just follow, shoot those arrows in the ground. It's faithful woman of God. There's an enemy that wants to get into your brain to cause you doubt the very promises that God has instilled into you. It's the only tactic the devil works on is that fear. But perfect love casts out all fear. Because a lot of people say, well, what can I do? Well, there was a, was a man that was walking down the ocean, and everybody knows a story about the swordfish. Brother Calvillo, they, millions on beaches, were washed up in shore. And this man was going out, and he was throwing them into the sea. And one guy got hold of him and said, what are you doing? And the guys started to try to tell them the story. If I don't throw these swordfish back in the ocean, they're going to die. Because of lack of oxygen, they can't breathe. They're going to die. And the guy's like, duh, I know that. But what possible difference can you make? Millions of them, Brother Pat. You want to put together a bag of hygiene stuff? I mean, come on. Even if it's just one life, it's, then I've done my job. Ooh. That man understood. And he said, listen, I know I can't help them all. He said, but what I can do. Picks up that one and throws it as far as he could. So I made a difference in that one. All we have to do is what we can. And let God do the rest. We can do this. But Alex, would you play? There's a song. It's an old song. If you can use anything, Lord. 
you can use me. Because we think that if we don't have a microphone, if we're not the preacher, we don't have the spotlight. Brother Pat don't need it. And we don't serve any function in the church. Then we don't have purpose. I beg to differ with you. You know my philosophy. There are no big eyes and little use of the body of Christ. Just because I hold the mic and I'm speaking does not mean that I'm higher than you. Because Jesus said, he that is the servant of all is the greatest of all. Quit looking for a seat. Quit trying to run after a title. Run after Jesus. Take those arrows out of your quiver. Fire them into the ground. Thank God for the cards. I love them dearly. In no way am I trying to embarrass you. But many times, publishing on social media, what God's doing, and they're always putting, God did this, God made a way. They're not bragging, taking the arrow out of the quiver, and they're firing it. Sister Garcia grabbed a microphone. Many times she got chickened out because it's tough to grab a mic and look at all you. (laughs) But she grabbed a mic because she knew that somebody needed words of healing spoken. She wasn't saying that to brag about her girl, but I know a lot of moms and dads brag about their kids. Nothing wrong with that. She was giving God glory. But as she was doing that, she was taking the arrow out, firing in the ground. And as she took that arrow out, Sister Del Toro, it connected with my spirit because she said, I don't know who needs this. And she had no idea you were in my office just a few minutes before service. And I told you, we're going to pray that God's going to touch and heal you. Listen, just take the arrows out. Fire them into the ground. Let God begin to direct its path. You say, well, I've made mistakes and I've, I've forget about yesterday. Today, today is a new day. Listen, you're not watching football. I know there's Sunday night football going on right now, right? Probably. You're not watching the game. Some are. I'm not casting stones or shooting arrows at them. But I'm telling you, you made a choice today to be here in the house of God. And because of that choice, you are throwing arrows into the ground. Brother Rudy, the Jacob Ramos, God has so much in store for you. Fire the arrows 
that God, everybody has an arrow. Sister Anna Calvillo, I love you. There's been many times that you've even questioned, why? Why am I still around? What's my purpose? I'm knocking on the door. But you've been a witness. Even in the hospital room, you've been a witness. And God has touched you. You've been laid up in your bed, but you took that arrow out of that bag. You said, it's going to stay there. You fired it off. All I'm trying to tell you is to do what you can because if you can use anything, God, you can use me. Take my hands. Take my feet. Touch my heart. Speak through me. Oh, why don't we stand to our feet? Why don't we raise our hands towards heaven? Why don't we let this be a prayer? Come on. Don't leave those arrows in your bag. Take those arrows out of the quiver. Fire them. Smote them into the ground. Take. Lord, speak through me. You can use. This is how we're going to close. Step out from where you are. Let's line this front. Make declarations. I'm going to be used of you, God. I'm giving it to you. All I have. Oh, that's it. That's it. Come on. We're shaking the very gates of hell. Hallelujah. Shoot those arrows. Smite the ground. Let God do the work.
One last time sing You Thank you for your word, God. Let a covering go forth. Touch homes, touch lives, touch families. We can't do it, but God, you can. And we're giving everything we can to you. We love you today. Bless your children in Jesus' name. Find two or three people, love on somebody. God bless you. You're dismissed.